Today we are traveling to the Great Pyramid, guys. No, I don't mean Egypt. And no, I don't mean the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas. You know how much I love Las Vegas. I don't even mean the Hard Rock Cafe. I mean the one right there in Salt Lake City, Utah. Right there in Mormon country. Founded by Claude Newell, or as he's known in his community, Bonham Amon Ra, or Corky Ra. The small religious sect known as Samum practices things like meditation, yoga, and of course mummification of their beloved pets and people alike. <laughs> Who doesn't? There, we're going to examine the ancient practice of mummification and see how we ourselves could become modern-day mummies when we join the land of the dead. Sound exciting? Well, I'll try to make it that way. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. So to start this thing off, let's get some meat straight from Samum themselves. On their website, they say that they are a tax-exempt organization incorporated in the state of Utah in the United States of America, and they were established in 1975. They are a non-profit organization established to reintroduce the a most ancient philosophy based on natural principles of creation that underlie all phenomena and form the framework of existence. So pretty much your basics of any uh, typical cult. Continuing to say, Samum is an informal gathering of people who are seeking to understand themselves, to know who they truly are. Samum is not about doctrine, dogma, or beliefs, but about gaining the experiences that will awaken us to the spirit within and to our place in the matrix of creation's formulas. Formulations, I'm sorry. Formulations, okay? Things that will formulate from your life because of this, because of being a part of this, what do they call themselves? Informal gathering of people, okay? Many of the beliefs and practices are taken from ancient texts like the Tibetan Book of the Dead and also the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Um, you guys are kind of seeing where the mummification hints come from, right? These ancient texts both describe the process of death in their own respective religions and the journey that follows. The Tibetan Book of the Dead was written by Tibetan monks who practiced Bud Buddhism and described the stages of death according to the Tibetan Buddhist beliefs. The Egyptian Book of the Dead, however, is actually a collection of scrolls, all written by different authors and varying from one person to person. The texts are meant to be guides to the afterlife. Both books describe the art of mummification and its spiritual significance, claiming the physical body needs to remain intact so it can contain the person's soul. That makes sense. Since they do not believe the soul leaves the body eternally like many other religions. So I guess they believe that a, that a body who is, that is cremated is truly dead. Like you've just destroyed that soul. Maybe. But what led this small group in Mormon country to start adopting ancient religious practices? Well, their founder, Cory Ra, can be seen in a series of YouTube videos on Samum's YouTube channel talking about his experience with the summoned beings. So here he is describing his first encounter. It was about, it was in October of 1975 when this initially happened to me. Prior to this time though, when I was married and I was living up in the Mount Olympus area, I would go down into my den and I would sit very quietly and I would turn within, mull my attention, and I would listen to a sound inside of me. I didn't know where it came from and I didn't know really why I was doing this. I would just sit down and I'd start listening to this real high frequency which was inside my body. And I'd be very quiet and as I would listen to it, it seemed as if it brought great peace to me 
and I felt very comfortable with it. And it seemed to answer all the questions that I would ever have or do away with the questions that I would have about life. One afternoon in October, I think it was October 28th to be exact, I'm not really sure anymore since I haven't um, recalled this in many years. I came home and I was living with Chris Miller on the avenues and I sat down on the couch and I started hearing this sound inside of me. It was very intense. It sounded like it was inside of me and outside of me. Have you heard this story before? You've heard me tell this story before. Great. And it was so intense that it just seemed to engulf everything around me. And the next thing I knew, I was standing in front of an enormous pyramid. And it seemed as if I were on the south side of it. And I walked around to what seemed to me or was perceived to me to be the north side of this pyramid. And on the north side of it, there was this large, round, oval-type building. But it wasn't a building. I guess you could say some people would describe it as a, a, a round craft or whatever. It was flat and very large and round. And it looked like it was made out of black graphite. And I walked up to it, and it didn't have any doors. And all of this happened very, very naturally. I wasn't questioning anything within my mind. I wasn't saying, what in the world am I doing here? It seems as if I was supposed to be there, and as if all this was naturally happening. And I walked right through the wall of this building, or this craft, or whatever it was, inside, and there were individuals in there, and I call them the Sama individuals. And they were similar to us, but not exactly like us. They didn't have any hair on their body at all. And there they um, escorted me across the far room, and I looked on the floor, and this looked as if this piece of energy that looked like a real large crystal came out of the floor, and I looked into it, and I saw all the things that were going to happen about building this pyramid and making the nectars. And there, that first time with them, they explained to me the five basic lectures that we give in our classes about phi, PHI, about mummification, about meditation, about the patriarchal and the matriarchal systems in existence, and the other things that we teach. And I left the building, went back, and I was sitting there again on the couch. And there was many times after that, whenever I tried to get out of telling about this, that they would um, work with me again and they would say you're that you've got to do this this is sort of what you have to do even though I didn't like doing it John can probably remember me telling him many times I'm quitting years ago that I'm not going to do this anymore and every time I would try to quit they would get me again and um, make me a real believer in that I couldn't get out of telling people about this story so that's right folks so there you go uh, and that's the basis of the whole cult that's how it all started. He described, that's right, being visited by beings um, that were like us but with no hair on their bodies. He was transported and kept by these beings on several occasions as they attempted to teach him the ways of the universe. He constructed a pyramid on recommendation of these beings in Salt Lake City that is aligned with True North, of course. And its base measures 40 foot long and stands 26 feet at its peak. The numbers, when divided, are equal to what they call pi, or P-H-I. Phi? Hmm. 
Uh, phi, of course, is a mathematical equation that's supposed to explain the whole universe, basically. The explanation of it stretched into four videos, again, on their YouTube channel, and is uh, very hard to follow. But according to Corky Raw, that, <laughs> imagine that, right? I think that's the whole point. The, the harder it is to follow, the harder it is to decipher, uh, the more people you can fool, right? That's why taxes are so hard. But according to Corky Raw, it's all very simple if you just be open-minded to it. Which may be true. But in any event, this group doesn't seem to be any kind of dangerous cult or some sort of masquerading sex club like we've seen in the past. Although we still can't quite rule that out. Uh, it seems more like a few like-minded individuals, though, who share a belief of some very niche religious practices and enjoy a good drink, as the group also makes their own infused alcohols for ceremonial use. But Samum makes most of its income off of its mummification services, which allow you to have your body prepared for burial or for storage in a mummy sanctuary. In fact, the late Corky Raw's mummy is said to be in the Utah Pyramid and available to view. I'm not going to lie, when I get back out to the West, I kind of want to go see this. I want to go see this whole pyramid. I want to see this mummy. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to see all this. There's a mummy that stands in the temple's main meeting room as well. If you log on to YouTube channel, you can see it in the videos. And this may be his mummy. I, I don't know. I couldn't confirm this. But it is surrounded by mummified cats and statues of different ancient gods. It's pretty, it's pretty intriguing. It looks like an altar. It's like something you'd find in like some ancient ruins. If that sounds like something intriguing to you, uh, for a mere $67,000, you can have yourself mummified and sealed in a very ornate Egyptian uh, mummy form, which is the traditional sarcophagus-style boxes you see in movies. You know, think of like King Tut, uh, that sort of thing. They even offer a service of adding a death mask, which is a gold mask made of the deceased face and placed on the outside of the sarcophagus, which is made of bronze or stainless steel. You can have it styled just like the mummies of ancient Egypt. I'd be like, yes, please. Please give me the gold mask. Make this shit official. When people find me later, I want them to be like, is this some kind of royalty, right? <laughs> and I want it in gold too, right? I'm paying $67,000. That face mask better at least be gold. Uh, the actual mummification process is very extensive, though, and takes a couple of days, which you could imagine. The body is received by the funeral home after services. If you wish to have traditional services, that is. It's then cleansed and transition rituals are started. As again, they believe death is a journey for the soul, and they must keep that body intact. So what happens is the organs are carefully removed and cleansed outside the body and then replaced back into the body, but the incision remains open so the organs receive the full cleansing as the body is then baptized in a solution that is meant to preserve it. It is removed from the baptismal and cleansed again close up, then a lotion is applied. And just so you know, this is all from their website. This is how the process is described by then. So if, if we're missing any levels any layers, any steps, uh, they're missing it on their website. So after all the cleaning is done, the body is wrapped in several layers of cotton gauze and a polyurethane membrane is applied to seal and preserve the body. This is followed by a layer of fiberglass and then resin. Your body is then placed in the sarcophagus of your choosing. The sarcophagus is shut and filled with an amber resin and then the whole thing is welded shut. Now this part makes me kind of sus. Like if you're putting them in a in an enclosed capsule and you're welding the whole thing shut, how do we know that 
the person inside was mummified? How do we know that any of the the process was done correctly? Right? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but the whole encased in amber resin, that, may, that reminds me of the uh, mosquito from Jurassic Park. You guys remember that? That's supposedly encased in amber? Uh, the group does claim that your DNA can be extracted from your corpse in the future, if necessary. So, that's there, I guess. Um, but I think that's in any corpse, right? I mean, people have dug up corpses and gotten DNA from from corpses out of the ground. So, obviously, you could do it if they were mummified. You have even a better chance, I would say. Uh, well, one thing that does send up a red flag for me personally is that the body of the deceased has to be signed over to Samum with them requiring you put it in your will and that your family signs away their rights to contest it. So Samum basically has to own the body and the remains. And I kind of get that for the legal side. Like if someone wants to get mummified but their remaining family does not believe in the practice, they are making sure the rights of the decided are respected. But you lose a slight level of accountability when you sign away so much to an organization of secrets. So the bottom line... Read the fine print and make sure you know what you're signing before you sign anything. Because once Samum has your remains, your family is no longer allowed to even see your body if they don't so choose. But for the most part, the group seems harmless. It does not seem like they are trying to scam anyone. They are not targeting people to sell their ideas to. They don't sell their wines outside of their services. They really don't even make that much money. The group's biggest ripple came when they took on many towns in the state of Utah, um, leading all the way to the Supreme Court back in the 90s. The group's initial complaint was against the public, saying, um, or displaying, rather, the Ten Commandments, specifically the government-run areas, courthouses, schools, etc. Um, yeah, so they were upset that the Ten Commandments were in front of the courthouses and whatnot because they believe those are not the proper Ten Commandments. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, but they lost the battle, and the Ten Commandments stayed. The group then filed suits in an effort to erect their own monuments depicting the seven aphorisms, as they like to call them. Uh, the seven aphorisms, uh, Corky Ra claimed, were the original commandments carried down the mountain by Moses. But he broke them because he did not think the people were ready to hear them. He returned the second time, with the Ten Commandments. So basically what he's saying is, you know when Moses comes down the mountain, if, if you guys are familiar with Bible stories or were raised in church or whatnot, so the, the story basically goes, at least how I remember it, um, and it's been a while since I've heard it, but basically Moses comes down the mountain, he sees everyone partying, worshiping idol gods, and losing their faith and all this shit, and he gets mad, and he breaks the commandments. Well, they're saying he did that because like he looked around and was like, you people aren't ready. You're not, we need to dumb this way down. We need to dumb this way, way down. Okay? So he goes back up the mountain and writes like really simple shit like, don't kill, don't steal. You know what I'm saying? He's like, these people ain't even ready for this enlightenment shit. So I guess that's that's kind of their take on it. They're saying that, that the Ten Commandments that we know that are out in front of the courthouse, they are dumbed down for society, and people, just by following those, will never reach the level of enlightenment. Okay? So in the Bible, this is, uh, like I said, this is somewhat an accurate tale. Um, Moses told his people to wait for him at the bottom of the mountain, and he would return after he spoke to God. But Moses took longer than the people like, and they started building statues and worshiping the gods of Egypt in hopes of being led out of the desert and saved. Like I said, because he's taking a long time writing this first tablet, right? 
So like I said, when he comes down the mountain, breaks the tablet, after the earth opened up and swallowed all those who doubted Moses and had turned their backs on the one true God, he then went back up the mountain and returned with what we now know as the Ten Commandments. And uh, he had those for nobody because the earth opened up and swallowed all those people who doubted Moses, right? So I don't even know why didn't he just like keep the tablets for himself or write them on a much smaller rock that he could just keep them with him because there was no one to show the tablets to when he got back down the mountain. I never thought about that until now. Another thing that's funny is the fact that the commandment uh, forbidding anyone to worship false idols was added to the Ten Commandments, or at least so we thought. You know, maybe he forgot to add it on the first attempt, um, or maybe it was on there, and he was like, God damn it, or maybe that was the one thing he put on there, and then he came down and they were doing that, and he just, fuck, now I gotta add all kinds of shit to you broke the one commandment. <laughs> so we had to go back up the mountain and start again. So that's it for this week's Sunday School lesson. Okay, tune in next week to hear about a man getting swallowed by a whale. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, getting back to Samum. All of the towns whose Samum offered a monument to rejected the offer. You know, their, their offer of the Ten Commandments. So the Samum sued on the grounds that the local government was clearly discriminating against the sect. According to one source... In 1973, the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, which covers Utah, ruled in Anderson versus Salt Lake City that the Ten Commandments aren't a religious symbol at all, but are principally secular in nature. So governments can display them at will without any fear of violating the Establishment Clause. This is what the state based its case on, and ultimately they were allowed to keep the monument up. However, Samum did not stop there. They found a way around the Tenth Circuit's court findings, and they used the Christian rights group's arguments against them. At the same time, Samum was fighting to have the Ten Commandments taken off for establishments. Many Christian groups were winning cases in the Supreme Court in an attempt to have use of public school facilities. The groups argued that favoring one faith over another in monument selection, when it comes to public land establishments, it's a violation of freedom of speech, citing viewpoint discrimination from the Establishment Clause. Samum won three of its numerous lawsuits. Though it initially failed to have the Ten Commandments statue taken down, eventually the cities were given an ultimatum to either display Samum's monument or take down their Commandments monuments. Though most cities just removed the monuments as they knew this was a losing battle either way, both Ogden and Salt Lake got a little salty and chose not to remove the statues, but instead they found a way around it. They would not have to install the aphorisms either. They privatized the 10-foot by 10-foot land around their monument so they would not have to remove it. It was no longer on public property, quote-unquote. Seems like a battle of loopholes where no one wins and everyone just keeps spinning around in the same place. Pretty petty. The group really appears harmless, though. They meet weekly and have readings of the late Corky Raw's teachings. They even live-stream it on their YouTube channel. They're known for making their own ceremonial wines that are infused, and they call them nectars. Each one's supposed to support you in different stages of learning. The recipes and reasons for these nectars were passed to Corky Raw by those bald humanoid figures that used to visit him, of course. He talks in detail about them on his YouTube, claiming that people like Jesus and Moses were visited by the same beings and given the same information, but were not listened to because the vast majority of people were not ready to hear that information. Let me just take a break right there and say that I think this is one of the biggest cop-outs in a lot of religions. To say that the weak-minded or meek or unintelligent, will not understand the workings of the universe. According to Samum, 
You keep repeating life until you do finally understand the concepts and become enlightened and then move on to your afterlife and the next step of your existence. But it seems to me it's just a way to justify scoffing at people that do not comprehend what you believe. The enlightened ones are just like, oh, don't worry, maybe you will get it in your next life. Like, they're some kind of hipsters of the religious world. Anyhow, the group's biggest appeal is their fringe beliefs. Not much of their actual teachings are enlightening, it's just concepts from other religions. There is very little originality in it, honestly. Don't mean that to offend, they are just literally based on already established beliefs. But if this appeals to your spiritual self, and you want an awakening to figure out who you really are and how to fit into your divine equation, or you want your remains to be mummified forever, head on down to the small bronze pyramid at Salt Lake City and see what you can find. Because I know I'm going to. Like I said, the next time I'm out west, heading through Salt Lake, I'm going to have to check this place out. See how kind they are. Maybe they'll let me try a little bit of that nectar they got in there in that pyramid. Right? Maybe see some mummies. Uh, check out the old uh, Cory Raz mummy there in the uh, sanctuary or in the uh, lobby, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. But uh, this was a listener suggestion. And I want to give that listener a shout out if I just knew their freaking name. So if you suggested this, please hit me up and I will give you uh, the best shout out ever on the next episode or on social media or something. Um, I apologize for that. I literally just paused for like 10 minutes scouring my inboxes on every platform trying to find this. So I don't know how you sent this suggestion to me, um, but thank you. Thank you very much. It was a good one and I did it. So that's the point, right? Um <laughs> But seriously, hit me up, and uh, I'll send you a Strangely Unexplained sticker or something to apologize. Sorry about that. But guys, I do take um, all suggestions very seriously, and I do look into them. Just ask people who have suggested the next, uh, this case, the case we did before this, um, three out of the next four cases, I believe, are all suggestions. So we are taking these suggestions very serious. Guys, we want to cover the cases that you want to hear, Okay. And my listeners are freaking on point. Usually when they come with stuff, it's it's exactly down Strange and Unexplained's alley. You know what I'm saying? You guys know what's up. So I appreciate that very much. Uh, as far as the Samum cult, guys, my opinion is they're pretty harmless. They're kind of doing their own thing. It looks like they don't even have that many members. I don't even know if they have 100 members um, right now. I think, um, I think that one article that I read said they had somewhere around 20. Um so it's not like this huge group. It's not like they're trying to take over the world or even that they're trying to push their beliefs on anyone. They are just a group of people who believe in a like-minded way and, you know, like creating these nectars and, and meditating and reaching these higher frequencies together. And that seems completely harmless to me. All right, guys. So with that, let's, uh, let's check in with Lorne and see what he thinks about the Samum cult in this week's Lorne Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The Summum religion slash philosophy slash cult 
um, headed up by a very charismatic leader, as usual, a guy named Claude Corky Norwell. What a name for your philosophical cult leader, Corky. Um, the term summum bonum uh, comes from Latin. It's been around a long time, and it's it means greatest good. And you know the whole idea behind it is how can one be the greatest good? How can they be their best self for the world? Um, and ultimately, the answer is worshiping God. That's how you can be the greatest good. Because if you want fame or whatever, you you can't make that happen without being um, egotistical or forcing it to happen. You know, the, the only way to be your greatest good is to worship God. Um, there's things about this philosophy that I really actually enjoyed learning about, and I actually I'm, I kind of stand behind it. That being said, my YouTube uh, homepage landscape has changed thanks to studying this case. Thank you, Michael. Actually, while studying this case, I got an ad on YouTube for an instructional series on how to become a third-eyed psychic spy. So that's always nice. Um, but some of the the beliefs in this system, uh, I'm all about. Uh, you know, so first we'll go over Corky and how he got started. You know, he allegedly uh, got encountered by Suma beings. They came to him um, in a spacecraft. You know, in a disc-shaped spacecraft, it was kind of pyramid in shape as well. There's a lot of pyramid stuff here. There's a lot of ties to ancient Egypt's, uh, ancient Egypt in this uh, belief system as well. Um, the he basically, maybe, possibly, most likely ripped off the principles for his religion from the Kabbalion and from Hermeticism, uh, which appeared uh, this this book, the Kabbalion, appeared in 1908. Not entirely uh, clear on who the author of this was. It was just kind of found. The idea of it is you're supposed to find it, uh, those that need it. Um, and I think this is also a time where creating your own religion was pretty in vogue. Um, you had L. Ron Hubbard and uh, Scientology kicking ass in the 80s. And I think maybe this guy saw an opportunity here. Um, however, I, like, like I said, I do find some of the principles to be intriguing um, I like the whole physical, mental, and spiritual planes with miniature planes within those three planes as well that you know you have to tap into and be able to interact with the beings of those other planes. It's kind of cool. The idea that everything is alive, everything is vibrations. I'm with that. I like that. Um, I, I almost think this guy did a lot of psychedelics, to be honest. And I think in the ancient world, they did a lot of psychedelics as well. And a, a lot of stuff, like I watched him sit there and preach to people um, like a small room of people, you know, his beliefs and whatnot and his story on how he was borderline abducted and these, uh, you know, these, uh, some uh, sumo people forced him to spread the word and, uh, uh, the principles to the world. Like multiple times they kept doing it. Every time he would get lost or sidetracked, they would show up again and make him do it. Um, but, uh, I like some of the principles, all the religions serve a purpose. Like when someone asked him, you know, how this, uh, how the summum religion views people of other religions. And he basically said that they're all, he's totally fine with them, that the, the philosophy, this disbelief system is totally fine with other religions and that they all serve a purpose to help each individual evolve. Um, I, I, there was a whole video series he did. You can find on YouTube about the patriarchal prison theory, which I, I, that one I can get behind. That's, I think there's something to set, something to be said about modern society when it comes to, uh, it gets our, it gets its hooks in you. Um, you. You get a job early on. You get a wife and kids, and um, not to not to say that that's a bad life, but it also is like not ideal for everyone. Um, and a lot of people kind of fold under that pressure over time of 
having to continue on doing, maybe doing a job they don't want to do, but they have no choice because they have to feed their family and whatnot. And, um, it was, it was a pretty interesting thing. Um, the principle number one in all of the, uh, in this system is all physical creation started from a thought in the brain, including the universe, which was a thought in the mind of God. The first part I'm behind, I'm, I'm with it. The, you know, everything that we see was a first an idea in someone's brain. Absolutely. Every building you see, every man-made creation that you see, um, started in some, as a thought in someone's brain. I'm with that. The, you know, universe being, uh, the thought in the mind of, of God, that one is out. That's just all a part of your beliefs, whether you believe in God or not, or a higher power. Um, and mummification, big part of this, there's a, like I said, a lot of ties to, um, the ancient Egyptians and he was actually mummified Corky, old Corky's mummified. And, um, within his, he has a pyramid in Salt Lake City, which if I ever go to Salt Lake City, you damn well know I'm going to go see the Summum Pyramid now. Um, and apparently he's mummified within there, and they still have meetings around his mummified body. Um, so uh, I guess I wouldn't mind being mummified myself. It'd be, uh, I always said I wanted to do a natural burial, but a second option would be mummified. That'd be pretty sweet. It's kind of metal. But uh, this is a fun one to study. Um, hope you guys enjoyed my take on it. I know very little about religion, as Michael knows, but... Um, I dove into this one headfirst and really start, you know, as far as religions goes, I, I mean, a lot of the principles of this one I can get behind. I like it. I like their open-mindedness to things and, um, being in touch with the world around us. I really like that. Um, like I said, I think there was a lot of, uh, a lot of psychedelics done, uh, when whoever came up with this, came up with this stuff. So, um, but as far as Corky goes, I think he mainly just ripped off a lot of old stuff, presented it, uh, as like. He did throw back and give some credit to the old, you know, to um, like the Kabbalion, you know, but also he had like the new updated version of it and was taking a lot of credit himself as well. And uh, yeah, I don't know what much, much more I can bring to this, but my thoughts, it was pretty, it was pretty fun to study and, and interesting. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. All right. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Excellent synopsis. Dude, I'm always impressed when Lauren goes all in on these religious ones because he really is starting on ground zero. Okay, you guys don't know how much effort he put into this. And uh, I think, Lauren, you may have found your religion, man. You got to get into this thing, let it consume you, lose yourself, and then have a realization that it's all garbage. And then you have to come back to the world and then deal with your uh, mortality again. So this will be a great place to start. No. <laughs> No, but at least uh, at least it mixed up your algorithms right on social media. Now you're gonna now you know with those psychic ads and whatnot, it's really gonna get you out of your box. But I think uh, I think the uh, psychedelics thing that's something that was in the back of my mind the whole time studying this. Uh, I didn't want to throw it out there within the facts because obviously I, I don't know it to be fact. But there is some uh, strong strong ties to psychedelics and psychedelic experiences. A lot of times you will have experiences with other beings, um, what you perceive to be other worlds, things like that. So it, it just seems very, very run-of-the-mill, I guess, in that instance. But this was a great case, a great suggestion. Again, um, if you suggested this case, I'm sure you'll reach out to me. Please do, because you deserve a shout-out. Um, just like these reviewers that came to the rescue and um, <laughs> re-established re re the, the good review, four-and-a-half-star review average. 
uh, for Strange and Unexplained. I appreciate that very much, guys. You did not have to do that. I just wanted to make a point uh, last week in the episode where I ranted a little bit about the bad review. I just wanted to make a point that I do appreciate the bad reviews. I do appreciate uh, the positive criticism. It's just that review in particular was half good, but the but the rating was all bad. So it was kind of confusing. But nonetheless, some of you amazing Sandu fam came through, and I want to give you guys some credit right now. I left some five-star reviews to help the average. Appreciate that very much. Number one, Greensboro Gal. Greensboro, North Carolina? Oh, yeah, I see hello from NC at the bottom here. It says, to balance out the one-star reviews. Appreciate that. <laughs> I've listened to TCG for years, and I always look forward to new episodes. Now I've added Strange and Unexplained to my weekly lineup. Great show, nice and laid back. Thank you very much. And, you know, Hello from North Carolina, fellow North Carolinian. Um, also, a five-star review from Jesse P. Graham says, You are doing amazing. Thank you, Jesse. I, I cannot, for the life of me, understand why people who have a problem or complaints about your podcast would take the time to send them instead of just listening to something else. I, I, hey, that's me. I don't leave bad reviews. Um, I just move on, especially if I look up an item and it already has tons and tons of good reviews. Then I'm thinking, okay, well, my experience must be a one-off. I don't want to fuck up this whole average, right? And I think a lot of people are just the opposite. They don't leave any reviews unless they're bad. So we have that as well. Um, but here's another five-star review from R from Rhode, from Rhode Island. R from Rhode Island, right on. It says, keep doing what you're doing. Fantastic structure. I like the split between the two hosts. Good selection of the strange and unexplained. I like the commentary and lighthearted atmosphere. It's organic and it feels like I'm part of the conversation. Thank you. That's what I'm going for. I'm trying to make you part of the conversation. You know, I feel like I've been talking over you this whole show. But, I mean, if you guys want to talk, you, go ahead. You get you had something? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, are you good? All right, I got I got another review here. This one's kind of a long one. I'm not going I don't know if I should read this whole thing, but it looks kind of exciting. And you know, you guys can click off if you don't want to listen to all this, right? But it's from Jackson23456. Left a five-star review, said, Love the podcast and Michael. Oh, thanks, Jackson. Love you too. I'm guilty of listening to a lot of podcasts I love and rarely writing them a deservingly positive review. Oh, me too. But the tail end of the latest episode has reminded me why I should. Uh-oh. I love true crime guys and the chemistry you guys have on that show, but what I love about this podcast is what makes it unique is the casual style. You speak conversationally, which I really enjoy. Also, you tend to pick cases that are much lesser known, which makes for an extremely interesting and captivating listen. When you go off script, it's clearly because you feel extreme emotion, empathy, and or outrage at the suffering and injustice that comes through very clearly as genuine. Thank you! There's room for both serious scripted podcasts like True Crime Guys. I don't know if I'd call it serious, but it, we have our serious moments. And more outline-based podcasts with commentary sprinkled throughout like SNU. I really like that your co-host from TCG, uh, <laughs> got in parentheses here, I don't want to misspell his name. Uh, yeah, it's Lorn, like Thorn with an E at the end, okay? But starts with an L. Lorn, L-O-R-N-E. The most misspelled, uh, the mis most misunderstood thing about True Crime Guys Productions is Lauren's name. So many people want to call him Lauren, Lauren, right? Um, but it's Lauren, Lauren, like Lauren Michaels, which is kind of funny because we're Lauren and Michael. Uh, but also, 
uh, let's see. She likes that Lauren has a segment on this podcast. It gives a taste of the great chemistry you have and the way you balance each other out. Finally, from the episodes you put out so far, I think your wife does a wonderful job on the scripts and timelines. Thank you very much. She'll appreciate that. And a few ums and uhs from you doesn't make that any less clear. True that. Uh, obviously, someone who left a bad review was having a real bad day when she wrote that review and didn't have a proper outlet for those feelings. And it's no big deal. Um, and I don't want people to get it twisted that this that this review like really knocked me out of of sorts and whatnot. No, I'm used to getting bad reviews. Um, but like I said, it, it, this one was actually not a terrible review. It was just the average. I just wanted to make it known that when you leave a a critiquing review on a podcast, they'll appreciate if you if you leave a two or a three star. It makes a big difference uh, in the overall thing. The one star certainly gets our attention. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> but the, the two to three star, I think, would be more accurate. Especially uh, when we put this much work into our show, right? Um, here's another one from S.D. Peterson. Man, you guys really showed out. I appreciate that. It says, great podcast. Love this. Keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate it. Um, so guys, yeah, that more than makes up for that one bad review. I appreciate that very much. And, um, I want to get to some reviews around the country as well. Next, next episode. I don't want to fill this episode with reviews and shit. Um, I don't want to, you know, not too much housekeeping. I know most of you have probably already left. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to, right? Talking to the people who are here, the true strangers. I appreciate that guys. I mean, not strangers, but, uh, Sandu fam. Don't be strangers, right? I say that at the end of every episode. But guys, um, if you want more Strange and Unexplained, for some reason, go to patreon.com slash podcast. And for just three bucks a month, you get early access to all these Strange and Unexplained episodes, as well as access to Strange Shorts that I do every Monday. Uh, my wife that was just referenced in that timeline, I mean, in that timeline, rather, she does the timelines for me, um, but she was referenced in that review. She joins me a lot on Strange Shorts. She just joined me for the most recent Strange Shorts, I believe it was 35 if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, we had a good time on there. It's always a good time, always a good conversation when she joins me. So Strange Shorts, it comes out every Monday if you're on Patreon, a $3 tier. And then if you bump up to the $5 tier, you get the Strange and Unexplained sticker, as well as access to Sandu Stories, which comes out every four weeks. Every four weeks, there will not be an episode released on the free platform here on Strange and Unexplained. And instead, it will be a Sandu Stories special ep on Patreon. So if you guys want access to that, it's $5 on the $5 a month tier. And then on the $10 a month tier, let's be friends, right? You guys must like what I'm doing here. So let's be friends. We can be Snapchat friends. And also I want to have, I want to start doing Zoom hangouts uh, as well for those $10 patrons. So I'm thinking at least bi-weekly to start with those Zoom hangouts. So you guys let me know what you want to do. You're the patrons, you know, if you've signed up on patreon.com slash SNU podcast, you're the wheels of this podcast. Patrons always get first choice um, in suggestions and uh, picks for cases. So you guys, let me know. I appreciate all the support, even if you just listen, if you subscribe, if you tell a friend, at SNU podcast on social media, please go give us a follow. Uh, at SNU podcast on TikTok. I've been trying to put a little more stuff up there, a little more inside stuff, just because it's it's an easier platform to use, right? I can jump in the studio, take a few quick shots. Um, I can use some True Crime Guys music over it because it's on TikTok. So it's, it's, uh, it's a good time, guys. But follow me on all social media platforms. If you have a suggestion, Hit me up, message me on any of those. And uh, everything that I've talked about, all my sources are linked below the description 
guys, all the shit. If you want to hear um, the leader of the Samum cult, if you want to hear him talk more in depth about his experiences, links to those YouTube videos are below. All right, guys. Thank you so much. You guys who left these reviews, uh, you made my day. And I'll see you guys next week for a new Strange and Unexplained, okay? Remember, just be strange. I mean, just be, just be strange. Nah. Uh, don't be strange. Just be strangers. No. Don't be strangers, peeps, okay? Be strange. All right. Nailed it. See you guys. <laughs>